0: So before we get into how I've seen the light and made the switch from the mechanical to the fixed blade, the light arrow to the heavy arrow, we'll talk about a different kind of light and do our verse of the day. So this one came from our service of church this morning. This is going to be Matthew 25 verses. uh, We'll do like two of the verse, 28 and 29. Yes. No, let's do 28 through, yeah, 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 28 and 29. It's all about talents. This sounds a little weird out of context, but... Uh, if you go and read the whole thing, you get the idea. It's all about using your talents and not letting them go to waste. So 28 says, so take the talent from him, give it to him who has 10 talents for to everyone who has more will be given and he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. It's talking about not letting your talents go to waste, being using your talents. You're going to have talents added to them. If you don't use them, they're going to be removed from you. Using your talents for the good of the Lord and his kingdom. So that was, i, I loved our our service today and that was what the basis of it was what the bulk of it was built around all right heavy arrow setup this is something that I'm sure a lot of people have heard of and are are more and more familiar with it's one of the hot topic things that everybody is talking about and either loves or is skeptical of Uh, but it seems like a lot of people that are skeptical about it and don't like it are the ones that haven't done it at least from the people that I've listened to and talked to so all of this I make sure everybody knows this whole process that I'm going to talk about is comes from the ranch Ferries channel. Uh, so ranch fairy, Troy, he is the godfather of the heavy arrow build process. Uh, him, Dr. Ashby, the Ashby foundation, and whoever he calls the wizard, I forget that guy's name. I don't know everybody that's, that he's close with and has worked with and, and done all this info with, but, uh, I have absolutely changed everything about my arrow setup after finding out about this whole process last year, uh, probably early this year. So same way a lot of people did, which was through the the Hunting Public Podcast. Um, They were at, I don't know if it was ATA show, they were at some some trade show, hunting show, and uh, sat down and did an interview with Ranch Ferry. And what got my interest was that a lot of the problems he explained people having with the light, he calls them Twizzler, arrows, baby arrows, kid arrows, whatever. The problem that a lot of people have with those that he was explaining were all problems that I've had in the past, uh, not getting penetration, not finding deer, being afraid to shoot where you need to shoot. Cause you don't want to hit the shoulder blade and all that, all that stuff were things that I was able to, uh, relate to. So this is the setup that I was shooting last year and in years past, this is a V force 350 grain gamer. It's probably whatever was sitting in the cheap box at the archery shop. Blazer Veins, is just an arrow that I would sell to a lot of people. This is a, I think this is a Rage. It's, it's either 100 or 125 grain Rage. There's no insert in other than just the standard little aluminum one uh, mechanical. Okay. Looks pretty familiar. A lot of people shoot them. I, I've still got friends that shoot them that, that like them. Uh, But i would had some some bad experiences with some mechanicals. Uh, And then this is what I'm shooting now. This is a 250-spine Sirius Vulcan right there. The business end is a 225-grain Steel Force fixed blade, and there's a 100-grain insert in it as well. And as opposed to just your regular blazer veins like the other one, these are the left helical veins and I've got the left wing on the fixed broadhead as well so this is not me trying to just repeat what Troy's process is he's got on his YouTube channel there's a playlist that takes you through every step uh, of the process and so all that information is out there and it's shared in a much more efficient and accurate and in-depth way than what I could possibly do Uh, but this is just to give you kind of my my experience and my my take on on the process, things that did work for me, what that didn't work for me, uh, and things that took a whole lot of practice until I got aggravated and just started doing it in a different way, which is why you can see a little different looking fletching on this arrow right here. I've got a few that have got these quick fletches just boiled onto them now. But anyways, we'll get there. So starting out with this, first thing I had to do was figure out an arrow. Uh, I'd been shooting this, I mean, you could flex it, pretty easy and you can flex all these pretty easy it's not just because i'm a big strong man but that 250 doesn't flex nearly as much that's what one thing that i learned that's what the spine rating is all about is how much you can flex the arrow but how much the arrow will give and what's confusing and this is aggravating too and and he you'll learn this watching his channel is that uh, a lot of the stuff can be labeled where it's hard to, to just tell what it is like this one it's called a Victory V-Force 245, but it's not 245 spine arrow, it's 350 spine arrow. I, th- I don't know if it's Easton or Carbon Express. Somebody labels theirs weird, but to where they're not called, their their names have spine numbers. You know, it's all like 250 or 300 or 400, but that's not, it's like it's almost in reverse order. I don't know what it is. Anyways, so you got to make sure that you're shooting the spine arrow you think you are. I had no idea. I literally just said, hey, I need some arrows and here, take these, shoot these. And that's what I had done my first four years of bow hunting. So anyways, uh, but anyways, you can go to his playlist. He's got the entire, it's called, I'll, I'll find it right here for it, high FOC arrow testing. And then he's got some sharpening videos and then he's got the entire high FOC arrow build playlist. There's 10 videos on there. And I, I did as best I could go through every single step in one of those process. So the first thing I did, is I went to my archery shop, bow hunter Pro Shop. within in Halls. If anybody's around Knoxville, needs a good pro shop. It's it's one that I like. Uh, and I bought three arrows: about a 300 spine, a 250 spine, and a 200 spine. Uh, this is not probably what you're supposed to do. I bought three different arrows. I really just wanted the different spines to test to see if there was anything um, that just ought to, that just fit my bow well and it just like it just seemed to shoot straight, paper tuned well. All right. Right away, and of course I didn't. Uh, I bought the ethics archery test kit, the field test, field point, field test point, point test field kit pack thing majigger bag. Uh, it comes with ten broadheads or not, ten field points, and it's got everything from a two hundred grain to a three hundred grain. And just for some comparison, there's my one hundred twenty-five grain broadhead from the year before i knew after watching a lot of their videos a lot of the ones that get put out about that heavy arrow build whether it's from troy or whether it's from the hunting public guys is that i I knew that i should be able to to be safe starting off with a 100 grain insert and i knew i wanted to shoot kind of as heavy of an arrow as i can Uh, i'm not a i'm not a whiz of an archer i don't take long shots there's no i have no business shooting past 30 yards uh, at any living creature. So I, I knew I was gonna start and of course I'm holding this up, but you can't see it uh, I went ahead and bought uh, 100 grand inserts from ethics as well And so actually I think they came The inserts might have come with the series pack. I, I'll get there. I don't I can't remember anyways So I started off buying those three arrows 250 300 and three or 200 250 300 spine arrows come home shoot Every one of the test kit sizes through it, through paper, and I'm getting left hairs on every single weight, every single shot. There was consistency in a bad way, and everything was shooting to the left. So the first thing I had to do, it's not the arrow's fault, and at that point, I really wasn't thinking it was my fault. I had to go buy another whisker biscuit. Mine was isn't adjustable horizontally, and it it just wasn't... The bow wasn't lined up, so first problem. I've been shooting a bow that hadn't been lined up because that's how they sold it to me at Bass Pro Shops, and I didn't know any better, and they didn't show me any better. So the whisker biscuit it just wasn't lined up. It was coming off the bow, it's crooked, and so figured that out. Shooting through paper, went and bought a new whisker biscuit. Come back and ended up locking the two hundred fifty spine the best. It seemed like a pretty pretty stout arrow without going completely. 200 opposite direction so I went ahead and ordered you can get on Sirius's website right there and they'll they'll sell you um I think six and 12 packs of arrows whatever spine you want Uh, they've got a few different models and and they'll send you the size inserts that you want that's right That, that I did get them from Sirius I didn't get my inserts from Ethics but when I ordered the kit I went ahead and ordered the 100 grand inserts with it And then once I had 250 arrow, the 100 grain inserts, I started uh, paper tuning again with the different weights. And the weight that ended up shooting the best for me was 225 grains. Uh, 200 was okay. 225 was really where I was getting the best, you know, just punching holes through the paper with it. And the only, the only, not troublesome thing it's a good thing that i found exactly what weight that i needed to shoot was that it's really easy to find it's a lot easier to find 200 grain or 250 grain fixed blade broadheads um, single bevel broadheads than it is find 225 grain but i found them decided that was the weight i was going to shoot and got these from three rivers archery i'm sure a lot of these places are sounding sounding Familiar to you if you've done any adult aero looking into or video watching in the past, but ended up getting these are Steel Force Broadheads, uh, Steel Force brand, 225 grand. They're left wing, which I would not have just, you know, sp- specifically wanted left wing, except for they were the only ones that were in stock. So I buy the left wing broadheads and I then had to go and get the left, he- the left helical twisting veins. We'll get to the veins in a minute. So i figured out what broadheads I want. I know what weight I'm going to shoot—the 225 grains. Uh, I'm still paper tuning at this point, and uh, I still haven't. I'm, and by that I just mean I, I haven't put the, I haven't put the fletchings on me. I'm still bare shaft paper tuning. So I mean, and so get them in, and then comes knock tuning. Knock tuning was the most frustrating, longest taking aspect of the whole process, which. You can see it in their videos, but it's literally taking the knock and turning the knock uh, in the arrow until you find where it just shoots the truth. Because this whole time, I've been shooting. I did all of that testing just to figure out what weight I want in the front. Well, then when I put on all, when I put that weight on all six arrows, and then try to get it even more dialed in with the knock, it took forever, and it was I was probably making quarter turns. Every time, roughly, because I, I wasn't being real precise with all right, let me just turn it just a quarter now, just a quarter now, just a quarter now. I felt like there were some arrows where I know I went all the way around that arrow three or four times before I finally found a spot where it just all of a sudden punched a hole through the paper. It wasn't tearing high, it wouldn't tear low or left or right, it just finally made a good punch. And I was I was over it. Usually about the time I'm like I'm about to just forget it. I'm not even going to draw notches on this. I'm just going to stick it in and it's going to be fine. But right when I would get, back, get to that point is when I would finally get a good, good shot through the paper. So then the knock tuning's done. Uh, and I go to the veins. I don't have any of those fletching tools. I don't have a, whatever they call it, the little metal thing. You stick it in that they've got the pro shops where you glue them on. I definitely uh, didn't know anything about how I was going to fletch them uh, with the left helical twist. And so I'm getting, I don't want to just, I don't want to go through the whole process and then just stick some some veins on the back of it uh, and call it good. So I ended up finding something else that Troy uses on that Ranch Ray channel, Arizona Easy Fletch. And they make these right helical, left helical, straight veins. Uh, And the way it works is you load your arrow, knock end into the bottom of this, you set your veins in it, I can show you because i've got some veins right here because i'm nifty and prepared these are actually feather veins i did not end up putting feather veins on my arrows i tried didn't work that was a dumb thing but you lay them in these veins or you lay the veins in these notches close it up it's been so long since i've done this now i can't i am you'd stick the arrow in it lock it in place you put glue on the veins pop that cap on there, slide it over the arrow, arrow sticking out here, wait a couple minutes, it glues them on. This was also incredibly frustrating because I don't know what I'm doing with any of this. And I started off with feathers because I thought, oh, feathers look cool. Troy likes shooting feathers, I'll shoot feathers. But I couldn't find, this only fits up to three inch veins. Uh, and so I could, the feathers that I bought, of course, were maybe four inches. They were at least three and a half of them, have been four inches. So I ended up, trying this just did not work trying to cut the feather veins about an inch short which of course i never could cut them just perfect and i'm very ocd about not very many things in my life but about my hunting and fishing stuff i am so i want them all to be symmetrical i want them all to be perfect and i'd get them in there and they just wouldn't be glued right i'd have some and you might even be able to tell yeah eh, no that was pretty good but i would have some where like one vein would be just a little bit higher a little bit lower than the other two and it's really frustrate me. So I ended up just buying uh, regular rubber plastic veins like most arrows shoot. But the problem I think was that the veins weren't meant to be left helical. They didn't have that twist in them on themselves by themselves. They were just regular straight veins. And I've had a problem with a lot of these veins and you can see it on this one after shooting them for a week or two that glue starts to come undone and they start wanting to pull up on the front of that vein. And I think it's because that, the way that that spine of that vein just naturally wants to go straight. I think it's just torquing it and it pulls on it enough. Either that or I just didn't put enough glue on it. Didn't glue it right somehow because I did have a problem. I, I knew I had some excess glue that was getting stuck to this stinking fletching tool because when I'd go to take them out, it would it would want to pull the vein up with it or I'd have to cut it out. It was frustrating. Looking back, if it hadn't been so close to season, not so close. It wasn't a last-second thing, but it was, it was enough time. There was short enough time between when I finished the arrows in velvet that I felt like I needed just to buy this tool and do the fletchings myself as opposed to, oh, I've got enough time to take to the pro shop, wait some time for them to fletch it on there get them to fl- fletch the left helical thing and all that jazz. But anyways, so I ended up doing it myself. But in hindsight, next build, I-, I either need to buy the right tools to do it or take it to a pro shop and let them just do the fletching part, which is probably what's more likely to happen. So I get the fletchings on there. Oh, I didn't even miss a step. What was not as hard as I thought it was going to be was to tune the inserts. So tuning the inserts, I mean, it all takes time, but it's, it's literally, you'll see this in his videos, putting a putting a broadhead in it and just spinning, and this is, not, this is not gonna look good right now, but you spin it and you just find this, the spot where, yeah, see, I'm not, I'm not gonna be able to do it right now. You just find the spot where it just spins perfectly still and you wait until it gets to those last few rotations and if it doesn't wobble, noticeably wobbling in those last few rotations. There'll be a spot as you're twisting that insert around where it gets good. And you just mark the insert on the arrow, same way you mark the knock at its sweet spot, you draw a line like that one ends right there. Mark it on the knock, mark it on the arrow, so when you go to gloom in later, you know you're in the right spot. Um, anyways, so get the whole setup up front done. It's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of shooting bare shafts through paper, which is fun. I like that a lot, but that, and that was another thing that was one of the biggest selling points to me, to get me to, to make the switch was seeing slow motion videos. When you shoot talking about just power and the God, this is so light now that I picked this up, it's insane that I ever thought I should be shooting this at something. Um, but the difference between just as far as power being pushed through the arrow, through the animal that you're shooting, was watching videos up close in slow motion of bare shaft 350-400 spine arrows with a regular 100-125 grain field point on it. When they hit that solid target, watching how much the back end of that arrow flexes and moves. And when it penetrates and it sticks, it's not a dart. It's sitting there wobbling because – that power is is not all going through the end, through the tip of the arrow. Again, I can't use the terms and say this as eloquently as as you can be going to the actual source. But then when they shoot that that bear shaft, in this case, I've got 300. 300 compared to this, that's either 100 or 125 grains. I've got 325 grains at the front end of this arrow, which is, even in the heavy arrow world, it's not the greatest amount of weight you're going to find on the end of. But it's a whole lot heavier than what I shoot. When they put those heavy arrows that are tuned and everything's aligned, the knocks tuned, the insert's tuned, everything's going, and it penetrates and it hits that target and it sticks, there's no power, no momentum being lost sitting there wobbling at the end, waiting for it to stop. And you really don't see it until you watch it in slow motion. This hits that target and it's a dart. I mean, it's just... And you can just tell all that power is getting used, and it's it's been obvious the the one chance that I've the one deer that I have have shot this year uh, with the heavy arrow setup. I wish I'd gotten to test it out on a few more. It was exactly like you'd expect and what you hear it is. So I'll, I'll show you some videos and ex, or pictures and excuse me. So I'll show you some videos and pictures uh, right here, and all, all of this. This is one podcast where I would definitely say, if you were to listen to it on on Apple or Spotify or wherever, just listen to it. This is going to make a whole lot more sense. You can actually see some things uh, if you go in and watch it on the YouTube channel. But uh, this is the deer that I shot in in the piebald episode. I think I don't know if she had piebald gene or what. She got that white spot on her head. This is that deer. Uh, she was at twenty three yards. She was quartering away, and the biggest, the number one advantage that I feel like shooting these heavy arrows gives me is confidence to shoot where I need to shoot. I know for a fact that I've lost deer in the past uh, when I was just young and dumb and didn't know any better, not trying to hit any shoulder blades or shoulder muscles and just shooting too far back. But But being able to essentially shoot this like you're shooting a gun, as far as broadside quartering two and away is concerned and not having to worry about what you're going to hit because it's going to have the power and it's going to have the the carrier to to penetrate it and get through it. That's been for me by far, I think the biggest advantage that I gained from shooting these heavy arrows. But anyways, so this doe comes in, she's at 23 yards. I know it's that in a good video, if I'm showing you the shot right here, Uh, this is on the GoPro. I just didn't have time to get the main camera spun around. She's quartering away, which is just a little bit, which is perfect. And so this this enters behind the, the near side shoulder and it comes out through her opposite side shoulder. So I got total penetration sh- through the opposite side shoulder and the shoulder blade is 23 yards. Uh, and when I recover, she made about 60 yards. And when she's running off, uh, she doesn't do the, the death run, death sprint. I mean, yeah, she mule kicks real big. I think she had, I mean, surely she knew she got shot but she's not just bulldog in a way. It's another thing that, you know, a lot of people say the deer don't run uh, like they do as often when they're getting shot by mechanicals or light arrows, they're quieter. They are definitely, once you start shooting these consistently, and then you take one of your old twizzler arrows and shoot them, they're definitely quieter. Uh, And even though she makes that big mule kick, she didn't just like, wasn't doing that desperate run for her life deal. Um, she kind of trots off, made it about 60 yards and crashed, uh, right in the road. But when I went and recovered her, I was, I was real anxious to see cause I didn't, I didn't ever find my arrow because I, I, I didn't know initially if it passed through and I was really aggravated cause I was like, crap, I'm like here, I've done all this. I've got, it's just a regular doe. She was 23 yards and I don't even, I can't, I didn't know if I got a pass through or not. So I go recover the deer, I roll her over. And I don't see an exit wound. I'm like, well, you're right. Yeah, it didn't pass through, but obviously killed her. She didn't go far at all. I was able to shoot where I want to shoot. It's fine. It wasn't until I was quartering her out later that morning that I got to that opposite side and it made such a small exit wound. Of course, this is, I can't unfold this broadhead because it's been sitting outside and it's all rusted up. And if, I might be able to. I can do this without cutting my fingers off. Yeah. So as far as exit wound goes, if this broadhead works as well as it's supposed to, which we all know that they don't always do that, uh, you're getting at least more. It's closer to three times the the exit wound size if that mechanical cuts like it need like it <laughs> is meant to. This made such a small exit wound that I didn't see the exit wound on her body. The hair was able to lay down and cover it up. But when I was quartering her out, I found on that opposite side of the thoracic wall, the exit wound. And just to make sure I went and even looked back on the Cape and it had completely passed through. Uh, And I guess there was just so much red on the arrow, you know, that I just didn't see it in the leaves. And I really didn't look for it because I didn't, I didn't walk to the point of impact. Um, Initially, I walked to the last point that I saw in the woods and then ended up just falling blood from there. But, um. Yeah, it, it got a total pass through through the opposite shoulder, but it was just surprising to me that there, and it could have just been where I shot her at, that their blood all came out of one. All the blood obviously came out because you got to put a pretty solid blood trail, uh, which some people say they don't get as as good a one with the fixed blades, but that doesn't matter because they don't run anywhere if you shoot them where you're supposed to. Uh, you can tell I've been converted by the way I'm talking probably. But anyways, yeah, um, there just wasn't an exit wound on the opposite side. It was small enough to where the, the hair just covered it up, but there, it absolutely did get a pass through. And my fletching problems, the first thing that I found was one of my fletchings had, had ripped off on entry, and it was just stuck to the, the blood on the entry wound side. I was like, yeah, the fletchings have been having some problems, just staying on. But as long as it can hold on until it makes contact, that's all I was worried about. So the one other thing that I did that is is different that fixed – Fletching probably. it's not helical, this is not ideal. This is not what I would want to do. Uh, but I was losing enough fletching so where I went and got just the NAP quick fletch. These are the ones that you slide on, boil them in water for 30 seconds or something. Um, and then they're done. They're not helical, but they do have a little lip on the back edge of it. Kind of like, I don't know if this would be what you call an offset, bro- an offset uh, fletching or not. But it's got a little bit of lip that that makes that arrow turn, and just the just the math and the physics. I don't know if this is really physics behind all this. So you've got the left wing in, in the ideal setup here: the left wing broadhead, the left helical fletchings. When this hits, the way that that's cut, the way that left wing is cut, it's going to want to spin and rotate to the left on entry, and you've got these left helical. Veins that are spinning it to the left in the air, and so you're like, not only are you zipping through them with the the power and the momentum, you've got the heavy FOC. When you hit that deer, it's also the entire time it's in the air spinning like it's going to screw its way through. Them. And I just think that that's the coolest thought. Just I mean, as far as this being so like, I'm I'm going to aim this arrow at your heart, and I don't care what I'm going to hit before or after I get to it, I'm going to be able to shoot through it, and just. To me, that that's a big deal to have that sort of confidence in it. But, anyways, I'm a fan. I'm a convert. I don't ever see a scenario where I would want to go back to shooting any arrow any lighter than this. Uh, I do not, and this is terrible. I've not done the whole the total arrow weight. I don't have anything that measures in grains. I don't have that sensitive of a. Uh, I don't have that sensitive of a scale, but it's 250 spine arrow. Regular knock. I don't shoot the lighted knocks just because I don't. I just haven't ever bought them. But left helical, white fletchings. I want to see the blood. 250 spine serious Vulcan. 225 grain fixed blade, 100 grain insert. But it doesn't really matter what's on it if it isn't all tuned and put together as well as it could be. But uh, when it is, man, it's you feel like you're muzzleloader hunting. You just point and shoot. You just, don't, you just can't shoot it as far. At least me. Some people are definitely better. Archers can shoot 50, 60 yards, I guess, somehow. I don't see how. Uh, that's what Plan B is for. It's another Ranch Ferry term. Anyways, that's my experience with it. I love it. I'm a fan of it. People are going to like what they like. This is my my new way of doing it. And I appreciate uh, Ranch Ferry, the hunting public, everybody, for putting that information out there to make me feel like I've, I've got a whole lot better chance of, of killing a deer when I, when I shoot at them. So that's my setup. If you've been interested in it, that's my take. I would love to hear what your thoughts are on it. If you're still a diehard mechanical person, if you've been converted, maybe you've shot fixed blades, fixed points all along. So thanks for watching the channel, whether it's on YouTube or through the podcasting airwaves. But yeah, if you like it, subscribe, follow along, There will always be more. So until now, I will say adios. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Have a phenomenal day.